All right, we are recording, huh? Yeah, this may be the first thing people hear. The maiden voyage, as as they are prone to say, you know? Their natural tendency is to say. The least sexy thing I've ever said. All right, well, all right, well, we'll get into it. Um, Welcome all to the very first episode of the Hegelian Friendship Simulator. Working title. <laughs> My name is John Miklas. Uh, I'm one of your hosts here today, uh, joined with me by Alex Virgil. Hello, everyone. You can find us on Twitter probably somehow, I think. Yeah, uh, you can join the 10 people that follow me because I just restarted my Twitter. Yeah, Twitter is super weird in that you like, you don't, you really don't want to know anybody. Like it's, it's, it's entirely set up for parasocial relationships. Like yeah. you don't, you don't actually want to know the people that you follow on Twitter. Because it, it's, it's also like, it's also one of those things where like I, I tweet about going to an Imagine Dragons show years ago because my old roommate got us vip tickets and then by tweeting that piece of information you get like 10 followers who you don't know if they're real <laughs> human beings i mean even if they are real human beings if you are a an imagine dragons fan i don't know i think you've lost a bit of your humanity right like you have to give up a bit of your humanity to do that I often think about that. Like the most, you know how like it it just, I can't fathom people that are fans of the most popular rock bands in the world at a given moment. Like it just doesn't make, it doesn't actually compute to me. My taste is either, my taste in stuff is either like impeccable or Mm -hmm. like tragically bad. You know what I mean? Like it's That's a fine line. That's a fine line. Yeah, no, exactly. Like Like it's either, it's either... I have the best taste or like the reason that no one likes the shit I like is because all of it sucks, you know, like it's just all yeah. bad. Do you, uh, do you ever worry, worry about that? Like you think about that. And I yeah. think anyone who, who is curating tastes in like a mind, mindful way should be thinking about that kind of thing. Yeah, no, totally. I, and I think, yeah. I, do you I worry? Get, I get self-conscious about it. It's in, mm-hmm. in the sense that like, like my wife, Sydney, like, mm-hmm. I don't think, I think she has fine, like, good taste, but it's, she has, like, she likes normie, normal yeah. fucking stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, And not, like, hor- like you know, pig trough, like, right. feed, you know, like, not shit, but she likes stuff that, like, a lot of people like because she's mm-hmm. a normal human being, you know? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. sometimes I'm like, well, why am I so, why do I like the things why do i like curry donuts so much you know well okay this reminds me of this quote from like the lcd sound system documentary about their like last concert because you know that's this is a band that had no reason to break up and and chose to you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so you get the Mm -hmm. question of like 
and, and he's talking about this about pretension where he's like like obviously like sports and being like the quarterback wasn't a a, a route that was going to work out for me you know you could see that a mile a yeah. mile away but it's like so i started reading things like gravity's rainbow to to be cool in a different in our own way yeah. but but at the age of 30 something 40 it doesn't change the fact that you 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 lived most of your life with that in your you know like you read gravity's rainbow right it's it's different some people build their their personality around like contrarianism right right and yes. i think that's toxic right like i think mm -hmm. that that's just a it's just a it's a really easy thing to do like it's it, it requires almost no there's no pressure against you to pick right. the contrarian path uh well in in a in like like modern society where mm -hmm. the like the risk of contrarianism is like pretty low you know like right no one's there's actually nothing like stopping you from just like being like well actually uh yeah. you know but but I, I do think that it is to have like a unique set of interests or niche interests is probably i don't know i don't think it's anything to be proud of but it's like certainly not something to be as self-conscious as i find myself <laughs> Dude, yeah, that's so funny because it's like that. <laughs> that's so true. Because sometimes, like the people that I feel that I like have the most similar interests with, who I can talk about art and shit, will like hear one thing that I watch and be like, "Dude, what?" Ah. And in those moments, it's like very natural to be like, "Oh no, <laughs> oh no." Yeah. Well, I love what you said I'm... about like being contrarian is like not is is like pretty low stakes in this society. And I think it's because it's like the, you know, the overlords who are controlling everything are like, those people are missing the point yeah. of contrarianism. So it's okay. Well, yeah, I mean, what a, no matter it's what- It's not actually dangerous. You know, no matter what you're actually doing, whether it's politics or pop culture, like contrarianism is not, you cannot build a movement around it. Like right. you're by definition, <laughs> like going against what people like. And when you tell yeah. people like the things that they like is dog shit, like, you don't i mean it's the mountain goats quote right like don't ever um like if you punish a person for dreaming their dream don't expect them to think or forgive you like it's like yeah. you you can't tell people that their like views are garbage and then expect them to want to be in yeah. your big tent um all right well but with all that in mind on the topic of pretension this is a podcast called the hegelian friendship simulator very approachable very yeah. <laughs> digestible uh, and um, we are uh, on a mission to basically uh, get through every single Wikipedia article. Uh, <laughs> we're going to start with the English ones. Uh, we're going to move on to Japanese then. I think there's probably yeah. a, a sizable number of articles that we can My read. My Duolingo has been heating up lately. Yeah. So just wait. Yeah. I, so that'll be fun when we get to um, uh, Nihon. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, it, this is a this is a, a podcast where we're going to um, find the depths of Wikipedia and milk it for all it's worth. And and um, I think you know it, it's funny I, I, when we first started talking about wanting to do a podcast, it was really because we wanted to um, get high and and like shoot the shit and like yeah suppose yeah and, <laughs> and, and i think suppose and i think that that's still at the core of this but 
Wikipedia is something that we kind of both gravitate to, I think. Absolutely. Um, and in the past week of talking about this and doing research on, on you know, like the page, I, I've actually realized the scope of Wikipedia as both a like social channel and a social mm-hmm. movement. And mm-hmm. like, you know, I, it is something that is at the very core of the democratization of the internet, right? Like Absolutely. Like, it is the maybe the most important or best thing on the internet because A, it is not for profit, mm-hmm. and B, it is an example of a community protecting something and striving right. to make it good. Like thinking about the fact that anyone can go on Wikipedia and edit it, the 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 fact that it functions in any capacity in a way to like transmit information is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Uh, it's kind of like the best. It's it's when the internet was created. It was what it was like. Kind of what the intent was, and it's pure yeah, as well. no, exactly. I mean, imagine if if any of these other social media companies were not for profit, and their whole goal was to create some sort of. Um, like value or, or asset for the global community. Like it's the only, and it's, this is one of the pillars of the, the most trafficked websites in the entire world. And it's entire thing is to spread knowledge to people and to preserve knowledge. Right? Like, I mean, that, how cool is yeah. that? And, and to think like less than 15 years ago, <laughs> I was getting ostracized for using it as a source. Right. No, exactly. How, I mean, how, yeah. How it's, much it's flourished. It is crazy too. I mean, the the whole source thing, like, yeah, sure. I, I think it's probably good for people to like learn how to find sources. Right. But right. at the same time, like, uh, what a what a an example of gatekeeping, right? Mm-hmm. That like somehow like the 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 community or the collective can't can't create knowledge out of an anonymous like you know uh, wellspring of. Like you, you have to have exp- you have, it's this whole concept that you have to have like academic experts saying what is real and what is not. Real. Right. That's what's so interesting. That's like kind of what was interesting to me in high school was it, that was still an age where, you know, and of course I've like visited my old school since then and have seen how like the teacher's attitude towards allowing their students to use Wikipedia has changed completely. Um, but like when we were in school, it was interesting to think that like the encycl the book Encyclopedia Britannica and stuff were considered completely credible, viable sources. Yeah, not just and, credible, but 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 um like, like canon uh, or, or yeah. like yeah, like like deified fact. Yeah, and when you look at it in comparison to how Wikipedia operates, it it, it feels very opposite. It feels way more gatekeeping. Yeah. You know, it's like, who are these people that are fucking telling us that this is what, this is the world, you know? Exactly. No, it's so true. <laughs> and, and so I, what, that's one of the things I want to do. I mean, it, keeping in mind all of this, like our goal is to find the weirdest shit on Wikipedia every week, right? Yes. Like that's absolutely what we want to be doing. And, and uh, every week, both of us are going to um, teach our own Wikipedia wormhole that we've gone mm-hmm. down. Um, and I think only rule is that like all of the information that we tell each other has to be from Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. no other, there's no other outside research. Like no. No, everything is from Wikipedia. 
and because this is where our own personal rabbit holes yeah this is where we start supposing out of our own personal rabbit holes exactly and so so more than anything i want this to be a celebration of wikipedia but i also want to look at it like critically if not um uh like i impactfully i mean mind you both Mm -hmm. of us are extreme amateurs uh, oh like, yeah, yeah. I guess no this is the disclaimer part of the. <laughs> yeah, we have zero credibility to do any of this, but we can like look at these articles and like I think there are all these little nuggets of like interesting language that got mm-hmm. slipped into different pages, like mm-hmm. like meta kind of like the editor or the author actually talking to you a bit, and then right. you know down the line maybe we can bring in some some experts in particular fields and we mm-hmm. can actually go through like like if exist we can talk about the string theory wikipedia article and like actually understand like the truth of it all you know yeah that's kind of the dream well who what's in the head of stephen pruitt the guy who's written half of this stuff yeah right? totally and that's the other thing i mean i i think this first episode is going to be listened by you know, our, our families <laughs> and maybe like maybe friends. So that's cool. But like, if, if anyone is out there listening to this transmission and you spend time actively working in the Wikipedia editing community, we want to talk to you. We want to talk to you we first absolutely, and foremost. We have a, we have a Gmail account that I made and we have a Twitter yeah. page. Uh, yeah. On Twitter, it is uh, Hegel's H-E-G-E-L-S friend sim. That's our... All right, I'm going to go follow us now. Yeah, it follows you. I, I'm the only follower at the moment, but it follows you. And then we also have a Gmail. Um, I don't know the Gmail off the top of my head. We'll, we'll add it in later or in the, in the footnotes of the show, the show notes, I think. We'll, we'll add that in. If you ever see anything weird on Wikipedia, you know, that any funny subject that you know a lot about and you want to talk about, we we're yeah. gonna we just want to talk about weird shit, Please. but also we, interesting. This is the abyss that we want to stare into. We are we're not even staring. I mean, we're parachuting into the abyss. We're di- diving in, diving in, and I think I think it's probably important right now to get our. This is not a political podcast, but we're gonna get yeah. our politics out here. I'm um. I'm a democratic socialist uh, with some potentially problematic sympathies for um, anarcho-syndicalism and the provisional IRA. Uh, and I think Virgil, like all yeah, Japanese, I know what, yeah, I like know all Japanese people, Virgil is a Hirohito dead ender. Yeah. Uh, a, a, a true imperialist. Expand uh, on that. I, yeah. I want you to continue to nail me, nail me down without I think, my uh, editorializing. I think, <laughs> I think the, uh, you know, the, 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 the Tokyo Gentry side of you probably understands that <laughs> Japanese colonization in the Pacific uh, is a, uh, a net positive for people, but the um, Islander side of you probably... Uh, wants to still be able to smoke weed. I don't know if, if I had to yeah. guess, that would probably be pretty close to your to your political views. Weed, uh, weed, weed, weed in Japan is a very particular <laughs> conversation. That's a soft spot. I know. <laughs> There's so much of it. There's so much of it, and you can't smoke any of it. <laughs> it's changing, though. I've heard, but 
you know yeah but slowly. i think it's at a place where i shouldn't name any names yet you know what i mean <laughs> well yeah and i know your i know your your politics on america but like isn't it true that in japan like people are by nature not particularly politically engaged like the the political the the government of japan is like less important than the free market in terms of right. like how people's lives are shaped i will say my childhood was very much at an existential crisis moment for Japan, right? Um, like, I fall squarely into the lost generation, as they call it, where it's like the po post, you know, economic bubble that mm -hmm. brought mm -hmm. all the products we know. And that kind of, I was kind of born and raised at a point where like on a large economic scale, it was feeling like it wasn't working out mm -hmm. per perpetually the way, you know, they had perhaps hoped after the war um but yeah man i mean i oh i could go on for hours about 20th century pan pacific history and my and my ancestral role in this um <laughs> i mean yeah. i sat i sat and just looked at my whole name for like an hour and just like was like what? yeah i mean it makes sense that i exist now as i do it's getting fucked by a lot of people. Just just having a some sort of some sort of connection to every single major city in the Pacific Rim will right. uh, And that's the beauty of of being American in all of this too, is like when people tell me like, yo, America's like you you can't complain about, it. you know, the US is one of the best places to live. And I'm just like I hate to say yes and no. You know? <laughs> For a lot of reasons, you're absolutely right. Also, I only exist because of all the terrible things that have happened to create this. And yet, and now I get to reap some of the benefits, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a tough spot. That's that I don't have any answers about it. Oh, well, nor are there. I mean, that is... Uh, there aren't, yeah. That is uh, maybe the, the theme of the podcast is that mm -hmm. nothing is real. And mm -hmm. uh, your life is a lie. I think. What's the term? What's the term? Sham reality. That sham. Means. Yeah. No, we live in a sham reality. There's. there's I love that. it. I do. Yeah. I mean, I think that the only way to approach like the present moment is through like a lens of like absurdism. You know, like it, absolutely. Because because at the end of the day, like the amount of shameless tragedy is mm -hmm. also being filtered through this like buffoonish clownish polarity i mean donald trump yeah. is the best example i mean the man that the man is coded in like he's from a distance you know mm -hmm. like if we were a different species watching it, I mean, it would be funny like it would mm -hmm. be but it's not because it right. sucks what sucks the most about it too is for me for me what sucks the most about it is the use of the word unprecedented, of course, mm -hmm. this year and in this, like, you know, the past four years is just like this idea of this being an unprecedented time. And yet, you know, Charlie Chaplin was saying a hundred years ago that like, were Hitler not so terrifying, he would be comical. Like, they're talking about the same shit. Right. If you just watch, if you just actually listen to the art that you're taking in, you realize that like, the unprecedentedness of this has already been either discussed or it's just not unprecedented at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's only, I 
think the the only difference is that um, the access to media consumption has been sped up at such a rate that mm-hmm. like like it's it's a rate past what our brains can really comprehend, and so right. it's like like much like you know I think both of us struggled have always struggled with this like wanting to know everything syndrome where it's like if i learn about a country i've never heard of i want to know like every single state in it every like everything about it you know and so wikipedia is like this great dopamine fix to bring it back like Mm -hmm. of like i'm pretending like i'm actually absorbing information (laughs) when in reality what i'm doing is just like accessing the the infinite uh knowledge sphere of our global community and like yeah. processing it not actually processing it just like glazes over me you know it does it does like that's the only i don't know i think that's the only uh that's the where only. that's where to justify it i'm really banking on the role of the subconscious and the unconscious actually taking it in you know like exactly. while while i'm not taking in words just going there's a part of me i'm i'm really hoping is actually taking some of this in you know yeah well, with that in mind, I say we jump into uh, an early section of what I call Media Consumption Corner. Let's do it. Um, All right, what, what does this consist of? Tell, tell the people. So, so basically, um, so the Media mm-hmm. Consumption Corner is our recs of the week across yes. any platform of media. That could be mm-hmm. TV, movies, uh, I don't know, internet memes, uh, right. music, books everything and i think this is a good time to say that like what what possibly qualifies us the most to do this is that we are in essence unschooled in how to think about this so to speak right yeah i think that's good yeah i think that's because neither of us were philosophy students we were very much within the humanity and yet this this has never really been the 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 average jonas of this is the point yeah, Which absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and and I think it's a it's a it's a study in how knowledge is conveyed, uh, right. and and if you learn something good, but you should also go if you find something interesting that we're talking about, you should go learn it yourself because right. we're not actually capable of teaching anything, but we are capable of processing and consuming mm-hmm. the information and talking about it in a hopefully kind of humorous and fun way yeah yeah you know one one would hope all right this is uh my only tv show recommendation Uh, okay it's a fucking delight uh it is on netflix it's streaming it's called love on the spectrum you watch this Uh, i have not seen this okay all right great uh and it's it, it is um an australian production it is kind of documentary style. It's kind of somewhere between documentary and reality show. I mean, much more mm-hmm. on the doc, but like kind of framed in the way that reality shows are in the way that they introduce people and stuff. But it follows like, I don't know, like five to 10 um, grown adults who are on the autism spectrum, who mm-hmm. are desperately looking to like find love. Yeah. And basically covers their dating dating life and like uh just really really interesting portrayal of these people how their families uh like kind of interact with them Mm -hmm. and and paints such a sympathetic and human 
uh, light on a community of people who, I mean, I'll be honest, have always had like trouble understanding, you know, I've right. only had very, very little interaction when I like was a camp counselor with children on the autism spectrum. And like in that setting, it, it's really hard not to be so frustrated uh, right. with, but like, and, and so it's always been kind of a, a thing that thinking into the future, having children has like been a, like a real fear of mine. Mm. Uh, and this painting, uh, you know, a lot of these adults with autism in such a, in like human light, really being able to show them and their desires and their interests and their way of seeing the world. It was so cool. It's such a cool show. I would highly recommend it. I can't, I can't wait. Um, that reminds me of, uh, Asperger's RS. Have you ever seen this? No, but it's, I definitely will Um, and before, of course, before going in just to save my own ass. I understand that the use of Asperger's as a diagnosis has uh, kind of changed or disappeared. You know, um, and, and it's changed. I think it's changed professionally or like, mm -hmm. uh, but I think a lot of people that, that were diagnosed with Asperger's are don't refuse to give up that diagnosis. Right. You know, um, I think they, and, and as long as they know what it means to me, it's just, you know, yeah. Well, call yourself and, what you want. My Wikipedia article will talk about, like, I find the psychiatry so fast, or is it psychiatry? Psychology, I guess, is more. Mm -hmm. um, so fascinating in that it's like, we're so fucking primitive still in what we yeah. understand and know. And so, like, even, I, I feel like even autism is a placeholder for what is, no doubt, like, hundreds of different, like, specific right concepts that we're not anywhere close to having developed the like the knowledge of and like to be able to say oh well this person clearly has this which other people have but it's not all autism it's like mm -hmm. a it's well a it's a spectrum and b it's like this huge umbrella term i'm kind of really glad you brought that up I'm, I'm just for the just for the you know millions of listeners Asperger's R.S. is uh, about a, a comedy troupe named Asperger's R.S. Uh, consisting of uh, four, if I'm not mistaken, um, people diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome and, and they're a comedy troupe, which I think is, you know, as someone who like likes comedy, I think that's like an awesome outlet to, to show how your brain works. You know what I mean? There's a lot of like absurdist humor that where the logic feels possibly incomprehensible to a lot of people, but it, it definitely kind of gives you a, a little look into the, you know, mechanism, the cogs and the ways yeah. they're turning, you know? So totally. anyway, oh, so the reason I, I think it's great that you brought up how less authoritative Western psychology and psychiatry it might be is my, my movie recommendation that I was gonna bring up today um is terry gilliam's movie brazil mm, mm -hmm. which is like in my mind like a terrence malick movie if it was on you know different drugs yeah um and it's all about like the the self versus isms um and all that but another one of his movies is 12 monkeys which totally you know completely questions the role of like our understanding of psychology and psychiatry. Sure. 
in especially during like kind of the age when we grew up um obviously we weren't alive in the 80s but you know 90s early 2000s kind of like psychiatry and psychology feels so behind now at least our perception of how that process works i i even even in that point was still kind of like a death sentence like right prescription of of any sort of i don't know I don't know if mental abnormality is like up to date term, but like that <laughs> concept, you know? Yeah. yeah. Just, I don't know. Um, it's just, to me, it's just like in a world where like we're, we're trying to, uh, you know, be right. That's kind of the, that's kind of the ultimate thing is to understand what it truly means to be, to feel that someone else telling you what you are is like the end all be all. It's like just another there's another moment in the same cycle of like other people trying to control your reality. Now, having sure. said that, of course, I'm not discounting psycho- Western psychology, psychiatry by no, any I, means. Well, but I mean, there is a interesting. Just, just Freud, yeah. you know, just Freud. That's all we're discounting today. <laughs> just supposing that Freud might have been wrong about this podcast is a Carl Jung podcast. Okay, we we read. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, fuck Sigmund Freud, okay? No base, you know, that, but that's where I'm at right now. That's that's definitely where I'm at. <laughs> um, like what right. shrooms did Carl Jung, you know, take before we knew what was up? Just text code mattress twenty mattress twenty, and you'll get your ten free mattresses in the next four to six business weeks. And we're back. back. I did. I did just get a mattress. It's did pretty you? great, Casper. Yeah, Casper. You guys want to pay the, pay those bucks? You know, I just hey, got it. Is, it's, it's good. I got your your most basic mattress. Uh, so <laughs> I just can't wait. Uh, Second episode, you're just completely unhinged because you've been getting <laughs> terrible sleep. <laughs> I, I love the bad mattress. Please give us money. Anyway, I suppose we should get into what we would consider kind of the uh or at least the most structured part of our or the intent the main course our, right yeah the main this course is all, that was all hors d'oeuvres yeah. lovely fans okay get ready for um, the main that porterhouse <laughs> it's funny because i was about to say the meat and potatoes of this but like meat and potatoes kind of has the uh non uh you're just gonna do it a pump at- you're just going to present the Wikipedia article for Vince Lombardi every single week. It's like over and over. So the Green Bay backers are the smallest, smallest market in the country for a professional sports team. Um, that's a perfect segue, actually, into my article. What is it's it? It's not. It's not. What is the title? Okay, so I figured, okay, so I, I, you know, with with our intent being, we're going into the depths of Wikipedia to think about what is going on in our world? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, I thought I, you had to go big on the first one. So I kind of scrolled through a couple things. This is the one I landed on. The first, the inaugural article from our Wikipedia section is Empathy in Chickens. Interesting. Okay. Empathy in Chickens. Empathy in Chickens. I dig it. All right. I and, uh, let's start right off the top. The first sentence on this Wikipedia page. Yeah, is empathy in chickens is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another chicken, <laughs> which 
yeah, that's what empathy and chicken is. I love the wording of this. <laughs> is this, is, is it, is it human empathy to chickens or chicken <laughs> to chicken empathy? That's why I love the first sentence because it, because there's no chicken reading this article and yet it is worded empathy in chickens is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another, the word another chicken. This is was just, written by a chicken. This was written by a chicken. <laughs> yeah. It assumes that we are all chickens and we are curious to know whether we can understand and share the feelings of another chicken. Yeah. Um, so that's the first sentence, and already I said that amazing. I don't this care what the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest of it's pretty, you know, what you would kind of expect. Uh, the Biotechnology and Biological Sciences Research Council, or the BBSRC, Animal Welfare Initiative, defines and recognizes that hens, and it's very particularly hens, possess a fundamental capacity to empathize. And these empathetic responses in animals are well documented and are usually discussed along with issues related to cognition, right? So we're getting into the question of what is sentience? Yeah. Uh, what is, you know, Yeah, I, I, I have a hard time following at this point. Like, how, how, how can we, is it, how do we even know that those are empathetic mannerisms you know I'm like glad you asked. okay all right good good, good good not that i not that i completely understand no, yeah no. i'm not gonna fully be like let me blow your mind right now um i'm glad you yeah, asked totally. because it's gonna animal cognition covers all aspects related to thought processes in animals right the, the topics related to cognition such as self-recognition memory other emotions and problem solving have been investigated the ability to share the emotional state of another has now been established in hens. Quote, we found that adult female birds possess at least one of the essential underpinning attributes of empathy, the ability to be affected by and share the emotional state of another. So chickens have the basic foundations of emotional empathy, which is regarded as a form of emotional intelligence and is demonstrated when hens display signs of anxiety when they observe their chicks in distressful situations. So they can, so the hens have been said to feel their chicks pain and to be affected by and share the emotional state of another. This is kind of what we understand to be like a mammalian understanding of the parent child relationship. Right. Yeah. But in chickens, which I love, uh, and this is this is how they, <laughs> this is how they did it. Chicks were exposed to a puff of air, which they find mildly distressing. This is this is the process. Chicks were exposed to a puff of air, which they find mildly distressing. During their exposure, their mother's behavior and physiological responses were monitored non-invasively. And the hens altered their behavior by decreased preening, increased alertness, and an increased number of vocalizations directed to their chicks. So now we're getting into communication and language as a you know, yeah, yeah. demonstration of behavior. Behavior is interpreted as a demonstration of concern. Furthermore, if you're not convinced by that, the hen's heart rate increased 
okay. and eye temperature decreased. Of course, the puff of air is not being directed at the hens themselves, only at the chicks, which chicks, apparently they already knew this, find mildly distressing. Right. So there is a, there is a certain amount of like... Well, okay. All right. I have a question. I'm curious okay. about this. I, okay. It makes me think like... Are you familiar with like the like the philosophy of science concept that um, God conceptually is like states of being connecting on a consciousness level? Are you asking me if I've ever taken shrooms? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay. So so I, no, we, but yeah. I totally feel you. Yeah. And and so to me, it strikes me that like an animal, like a chicken, that innate connection is just instinct like almost all animals besides humans who have mm -hmm. sentience like we've mm -hmm. been disconnected from our like uh i don't know mother connection you know like right humans are detached from the state of total connectedness yes. and that has been instilled by i, I mean probably most responsible is 2000 years of Christianity, like in right. reality, like that's the thing that has broken humans away from like, yeah. Cause that one lady ate that things. one apple from that one tree at that one. I mean, yeah, that bitch, but, but that's besides <laughs> the point. Uh, uh, no, but like, uh, so it strikes me that I, the way that we define empathy, right. I don't buy that. That's what empathy is so much as it is a species that is mm -hmm. still instinctually connected to each other on a will to live right level if that makes sense i don't know i i don't i would i would fight at the concept that that is empathy you know well okay so what will what would be the tenants required well like what is empathy right yeah i will i empathy mean it only feels like one one label for a larger feeling that it strikes me it strikes me that empathy is a human con like it, by mm. not, not not that the chicks are incapable of caring about one each other eat about one another it's that empathy as a concept is tied to humanity because it is specifically about rejoining the mass like understanding right other's pain which the is greater we, good so to speak. that we have lost it's not mm -hmm. an instinct in us anymore we know we no longer have that instinctually whereas do you think that was like a direct do you think it's like a direct uh response or or cause or i'm sorry effect of what we consider our elevated level of consciousness or do you think maybe it's just a side effect well i mean i would be interested i'm you know, I love that we're here because I'm already speaking out of my ass, which is like what I wanted to do. Absolutely. Right? Uh, yeah. It strikes me that like Eastern philosophy mm -hmm. is much more in line and Eastern mm -hmm. religion is much more in line with this concept of like the, the collective, right? Like, right. like this idea of like the, the river, right? Like it, the flowing water and like you're just mm -hmm. a part of it. Uh, whereas Western philosophy is completely detached. Like, We've in within Western because of Western philosophy, we've created the concept of the individual. Mm -hmm. And the only reason that empathy exists as a concept is because the individual has detached from the whole. And right. so it's it's a description of being able to sympathize with 
other individuals or the whole entirely. Mm. I don't think that chickens have ever conceptualized the idea of the individual and therefore they can't have empathy because it's an innate instinctual thing that they have. Ah, interesting. But they've had such a, they've had a much longer. So, okay. So this is, this is great. Cause this is actually something I've, I've recently, you know, questioned in my mind It's like, okay, let's think about bees. Bees as like the even more extreme version of this, right. Where it's like, they are, all about the collective right but feel even less you know thinking on an individual level than a fucking chicken right what 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 if there was a moment in history where bees uh had achieved a human not a the same exactly as humans but like a, a comparable level of individual consciousness and have evolved so far that they've actually come circled back around to like, oh, if oh, we really, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's We're uh, like, cause what we as humans right now need a little bit more of is to be a little bit more like bees, right? Absolutely, yeah. No, it, it, it's, I guess it leads into the, um, the unknowability of history, right? Of ancient right. history, um, right. or of prehistory, and the, the concept that like, oh, we live on a rock where many civilizations and species have risen and fallen and risen and fallen. Mm -hmm. And we're just so incapable of understanding like outside of our, like we're the ants, you know, the yeah, ants yeah, are the yeah. ants. we're the fucking ants because we're <laughs> like not, we haven't fully enveloped back into our, into our river. Into yeah. Our, and there's like entire hives of bees at the same time, all thinking together, like, damn, I wish they'd catch up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, they keep killing me with this coal shit, yeah. you know? Oh, my God. And they're so obsessed with four, you know, four-sided things to build their shit. And don't they know that the best way to conserve resources is to make six-sided things, you know? <laughs> I do think they also are saying, why are they so obsessed with these goddamn pandas? Like, why do they keep trying to save these pandas? We're <laughs> dying so over here. <laughs> yeah, we're dying. Pandas are dying. And only one of us is really doing anything for anyone else. Only one of us is a keystone species, okay? All right, only one. And sure as shit is not those goddamn pandas. Those things have not evolved. Those things eat, like, hundreds of pounds of bamboo. And they don't have sex <laughs> with each other. They're no. just a completely wasted animal. The only thing they yeah. got going for is that they're cute. Like... Yeah, they're cute and cuddly. When I talk with, with uh, my roommate and our friend Chris, it's so funny because it's like, okay, even down to the insect level, like what, 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 as a human being with the power to give and take life, so to speak, uh, what insect is worthy of living and not, right? And I always very jokingly say like, oh, I love all, I love, I think all creatures should be allowed to exist except fucking mosquitoes, fuck mosquitoes. Yeah fuck mosquitoes and i think yeah, fuck them. that's not an unpopular opinion yeah but now i might have to add pandas into that yeah they're absolutely right they they deserve the they deserve the, the, uh, the exit the exit of the apollo and hook them and pull them off yeah. stage that's hilarious. oh my goodness um, um right. but that's empathy and chickens is very yeah. interesting you know that's like to me has the very same poetry as like the divine comedy empathy and chickens you know it's great because it's so um, 
unknowable, I guess, in, right. the, in the conception of how we, like, I love that someone, re- like, yeah, I guess it's a worthy research, but at the same time, mm-hmm. is it? I don't know. <laughs> I think, Even I if, think it was only, it's only worthy because it allows us to look at that article and talk about other shit stemming from the prospect of spending time trying to decide if chickens are empathetic or not. But that's okay. But in humans, though, it's like, okay, we're at this global crisis moment, right? It feels like we're reaching the asymptote of material human history. And I go, in in a hundred years, if humans technologically feel way more behind than we do now, but are not in a crisis, would we consider ourselves more or less evolved than? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's a good, it's a good question. I, I think the, the honest answer from most like progressives would be like, well, we absolutely can have both, right? Like, right, like right. The the. I think that there would be a real reckoning if if some divine creature came down and said, "Well, the truth is, you if you want to achieve." like singularity or, or, um, right. Like total good, like mm-hmm. utopia, I guess you got to yeah. get rid of these fucking phones, man. Like you cannot have these phones there. Would we be able to do it? That's that fucking Instagram meme shit where they show you a picture of like a cabin on an Island. And yeah. They say like, yeah, no phone, no laptop, whatever for a month or a year for a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars. Would you do it? collectively as human beings do you think we could do it yeah i i mean i i like to think so i i certainly that seems like a no-brainer for me right at the same time it's like especially if the other option is you die (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right should we go on to to my my yeah thank you for listening to empathy and chickens i loved it very very good stuff um okay so i did a deep dive into okay. a web a wikipedia page called the jumping frenchman of maine amazing yeah i want to know everything uh okay so 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 just like the the background is that the jumping frenchman of of maine were yeah. a group of 19th century lumberjacks sounds about right uh yeah they exhibited a rare startle reflex uh and startle response is a largely unconscious defensive response to sudden or threatening stimuli, such as a sudden noise or sharp movement, and is associated with negative effect. Uh, Basically, like uh, the best way I heard, I saw it described in any of the pages that I was reading about it, uh, is that like if you were, came up behind them and they were drinking a beer, they, and you said, throw that beer across the, the room, they would just do it. Like they like had no ability to think about it, and they just like reacted and it was like in a startled way. That um, is so far from what I thought it was when you told me. I thought this was an artistic movement. Nope. Nope. Tradition, an artistic musical tradition. So, okay. I, I found this whole thing pretty fascinating. Um, yeah. Because I, have so I, many questions. I, yeah. And I really started to question, like, I started to be like, why like what and why yeah. i don't understand it and the entire thing is framed in a very 
like in an only the way that a 19th century psychological experiment could be framed. Like imagine, <laughs> yeah. imagine a, a, like a current, like psychological experiment where they caught, they were like the giggling Polish freaks of Chicago, you know, like <laughs> they're really like, like all of the stuff about these people, these people live in like, are they worked and lived around Moosehead Lake, which is okay. Okay, the so largest there's about. There's something about what? Lake. There's something about the lake that's like, well, yeah, yeah, no, that that's something the thing. In the water, it's, so to speak. It, it, they did like it, it's very like I don't think they ever. This is 19th century psychology, so they never really fucking got to the the end of, of it. They they um, so this guy uh, George Miller G M Beard is the famous okay. psychologist that went and studied these people. And uh-huh. first of all, I like, I don't know. I get weird. This guy, by all accounts, seems like a pretty cool, forward-thinking, like, professional. Right. Uh, okay. He, so he's, um, he coined the term neurasthenia, which is okay. to label a mechanical weakness of the nerves, uh, and it would become a major diagnosis in North, North America in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Uh, and it's actually currently still a diagnosis uh, in the World Health Organization. However, it is no yeah. longer included by the American Psychi- Psychiatric Association. So that's what? the other thing. Psychiatry is so fucking weird that like <laughs> this thing that was developed in the 1850s or whatever is no longer accepted by one organization, but it's still accepted by another. Like, it, they, like one organization is flat out saying, "Like this is not a thing." Like we thought this was a thing; it's not a thing. And then the World Health Organization is still like, "Oh yeah, this is still a thing. We could still work off this." I guess in 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 terms of that thread, I'm curious when the last diagnosis was that you could call it. That is a good. That is a good question. I don't know. So this one. is. So this is okay. So this is uh, some some settlement of lumberjacks yeah you know, uh in maine french yeah french canadian like they're uh, or yeah yeah in maine it's Very acadian acadian right, is like, like the, that fur trading lumberjacking yeah yeah, yeah. crossing the great lakes kind of and they French, so Frenchmen. um they there's one theory that this is a genetic thing um okay in there's another group like population of people in southeast asia that have a similar Ooh. thing where if you startle them or something, they'll just immediately faint. Like this whole oh. population there was like very well documented. I think it's, uh, it might be Hmong people. It's a group, okay. a, a specific ethnic group in Southeast Asia. Okay. Um, so they said it could be genetic. Like they found 50 cases of this in this same group of people in Musa right. Lake, 14 of which were all in the same family. So like it could be. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Then the other thing is it could be what is called a culture-bound syndrome or a formed Mm -hmm. habit. Uh, And Mm -hmm. then the article says, these French jumpers lived in a very remote region. Most were lumberjacks. This type of small community would allow for a majority to adapt to this sort of reaction. Uh, Also instances of many being... So, okay, this is the other thing in multiple instances in this article. They talk about how these guys were shy, which I love. He said... Um, there's a line in this article that says, these individuals exhibited outrageous bursts and many described, um, were described as ticklish and shy. (laughs) 
And I so, love the idea of this like prissy ass like city psychiatrist going to rural Maine and tickling yeah. these lumberjacks. Like just like fucking with these guys, you know? Like these just absolutely for science. Uh, for science, yeah, exactly. For and science. and absolutely had to have been in the back of his mind being like, get a load of these fucking freaks, you know, yeah. like these dumb freaks. <laughs> I do. I don't know. The whole through line of this, it just, it just makes me realize how much of psychiatry, even in the last two centuries, like modern psychiatry is just built upon exploitation of people totally. of who are not as educated, who are like, who are not like it's a, there's a classism to it all. Like yeah. it's just, and and there is a, there's probably an insane amount of information that has led to true real world significance, mostly in a positive way from just like being bastards Complete. to disadvantaged people, like, like rural, like completely isolated lumberjacks in Northern Maine. Like these, these are not educated yeah. people and they're not, yeah. it, it just, it they're is just wild. Cause they didn't, they didn't choose that life because, you know, being an aristocrat in France was too boring. No, yeah, no, exactly. This and is they, a, and this is a, a lifestyle that comes out of necessity and then to come in and start scaring them. <laughs> yeah. And tickling them. That's the one where I'm like, how do we know that they're ticklish? Like, what are we doing? We're just tickling these guys. Like they're probably like, please stop. Please stop. Okay. <laughs> Was that when was that when the last case was diagnosed? Was when one dude was like, "Yo, I'm kind of tired of this. I really don't want to be tickled anymore. Like, yeah. I'm I'm ticklish. It it doesn't. It's not fun. You see me laughing, like, but I'm not enjoying this. Um. So, uh, you know, this is I guess the interesting part is that, uh, this case was a major part of the eventual creation of the Tourette syndrome diagnosis. So interesting. This psychiatrist, like this case was studied by Tourette, who was a French psychiatrist. Right. When he was a student under a different psychiatrist who dealt in this world too. Oh. And Tourette syndrome, like specifically in the original like uh, you know, I guess uh, case study or scientific journal of it they specifically call attention to the jumping Frenchman of Maine. So it, and I, it, it is different. I mean, it's not the same. And I, I went right. and I, like I looked at, I, I read about Tourette's syndrome and I actually watched a YouTube video about like of people with it. It's really fascinating. It's, I think it's worth like searching on YouTube and watching because it's right. uh, to just to give some like humanity to that syndrome. Right. Um, but it's, it's uncontrolled. It's not like, this whole case study was specifically about this dude just like startling these people constantly. I mean, like, what freaks? They just threw their glass across the room. Like that, I just got that guy to punch his wife, you know? Like well, these Frenchmen who were just like very trusting, being like, Well, you asked me to. <laughs> you told me in a very loud and forceful way, but you told me to. So I uh so, so interesting. Is is yeah, I, I don't I don't know, you know, uh I, I suppose I'll say I don't know anything about Tourette's. Um mm -hmm what are what are the factors that are uh, attributed to it it is genetic it's a genetic syndrome okay. yeah it's not there's no 
to my understanding, factors. there's no environmental factors to it. Like it's entirely genetic. Um, and it is like, uh, like uncontrolled ticks and, um, and like speech ticks. I, right. you know, obviously the thing that's like most well known about it is like the profanity concept of it. Yeah. Of which course. is not particularly uh, common. Like more often it's like uh, it, it, a kid like can't control I think in right. many ways it's actually probably um, kind of in the same family as like a stutter in that regard, right. or maybe that's like similar like, or, or almost similar obsessive compulsive kind of. Yeah, I do, I do think it's like actually intrinsic. Like I watched a video of a, a man with Tourette syndrome who also had an obsessive compulsive disorder. Mm-hmm. Like the only way he could get dressed in the morning is if he had a metronome going, which was super interesting. Oh wow, yeah. that is an interesting. Yeah manifestation of that right oh the jumping french what is it the jumping frenchman the jumping frenchman of maine i can't wait to randomly find myself in maine in 20 years and be in like some gift shop and be like oh i actually know what that is (laughs) yeah right i'm actually familiar with this you know it's interesting too i was reading about moosehead lake and moosehead lake (laughs) is is the largest mountain lake in the eastern united states uh, it's, it's enormous. It's 4,400 square miles. Um, and it's, damn. yeah, it's in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like Northern Maine. I don't know. How much do you know about Maine? Like uh, it's, Stephen King. it's a very, I've never, it's one of the few states that never, yeah. It's one of the few states I'm, I've never been to. And it's it, like, I think the population of Maine is like almost entirely built into the southern part of the seaboard. So that makes sense to me. Yeah. So like Portland and Augusta and Bangor are all like right there maybe like two hours from Boston, right on the seashore. Right. Um, and then and then Maine is like surprisingly large in that sense. It's a right? huge it goes state. up north. Yeah. Into, I think into it's, Canada territory, so to speak. Oh, big time. Yeah. I mean I think it's one of the larger states uh on the eastern seaboard. I would maybe yeah. even I don't know if it's bigger than Georgia, but uh, big. Yeah, like definitely a comparable top. size. Uh, I'm just looking at the map. Comparable size. Yeah. To Georgia? Yeah. Oh, funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's see area. Uh, but it is it is much larger than the rest of New England. It is. Yeah. yeah. And this is a big old lake. It's a big old lake. And I was reading about it. There was like in the early 2000s. Um, they tried to develop it. Like there was like 900 homes were supposed to go in, two resorts, like a huge yeah. development. And then the, the company was supposed to develop it went under in 2016. Ooh. So nothing's happened at Moosehead Lake these days. And maybe there's some, there's some of that folk, folk spiritual shit yeah, going the, on over there. The, the jumping Frenchmen are haunting it. I hope so. Yeah, I really want to know sake. what it is. See, now I'm like looking at Sugar Island and all these little like landmarks going like, what was growing here? That was a very specific, to think about the kind of life that could have existed in some place like Maine a hundred years ago that doesn't exist now and we'll just never know. Yeah, no, it is wild, right? Like, I mean, think about the the opportunities for, if you're born into the jumping Frenchman of Maine, uh, through line in Moosehead Lake, yeah. like your 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 options are like fifteen miles. Like your that's your yeah. life. Cut some trees, hit your wife when some mean psychiatrist like yells at you. 
like that's <laughs> it man. that's fucking it asshole from the city always coming coming in telling me to hit me hit my wife <laughs> um yeah that's uh that's that's wow th- thank you so much yeah dude this was lovely um lovely indeed i uh i'm very very pleased with episode one um yes hopefully uh you know this is going out to our our parents siblings and the 15 or so friends that will feel an obligation to listen to this hopefully you'll want to listen to another if you if you do please follow us on twitter uh and please um tell us directly that you enjoyed this and would listen to another episode uh because both of us desperately need that reassurance in order to keep this going. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's the only thing that keeps me alive is likes. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, so that's episode one. Um, We'll be back with more, uh, more Wikipedia articles and hopefully, you know, some guests in the future. If you ever want to, if you ever want to come on the show and talk to us about some really weird shit, like we are down. Just yes, sad. just like Wikipedia, it's like there's if it if it exists in the world, it belongs here, you know. Yeah, I guess my only caveat is that if you're going to tell us about something, it should have a Wikipedia article. It uh, must be from a Wikipedia. It has, and, and and like you can tell us like with your own knowledge, and it doesn't have to match Wikipedia, but right, contextualize. But it should be on Wikipedia. I think that's yeah. like the the key to it all. It could be two lines and you're like, I'm going to tell you 30 minutes worth of information about this thing. That would be awesome. And then we could, you know, we could go edit it together. I'm learning how to edit on Wikipedia just to really get in depth in this thing. Um, But but yeah, no, this is, uh, this is good. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for listening. See you soon.